Brainstorm, the podcast exploring how our minds work, how work affects us, and how we can best deal with it. We are Aidan Camis and Damiano Tescaro, explorers of the office jungle and mental health aficionados. Buckle up, because ideas are about to get wild. Hello everyone, Damiano here. In this episode, we're going to talk about working from home. But as you will see, there were so many ideas and so many topics we wanted to touch on that we decided to do a bit of a summary at the beginning to help you understand which topics we're going to touch. Hopefully, this is going to be helpful to find your way during the episode. So I hope you enjoy. First of all, I'm going to plug my blog post, which I'll put a link to, which, <laughs> which is, <laughs> is, is coming full circle because that, that blog post is about working from home and some bits which we struggle with, some, some ways to kind, of, uh, to kind of help to make it easier. Working from home isn't the same as working during a quarantine or working during a lockdown. Very true. That's Very the true. amount of times you go, oh, it's just remote working. It, it's not. It's a completely different thing in so many ways. Um, so again, it's okay to not be this unrealistic, perfect person. Super performing, high achieving, yeah. whatever. Yeah, 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 exactly. Doesn't happen. Talks a bit about the four stage cue, craving, response, reward. If you want to know more about that, highly recommend um, James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, which summarizes lots of excellent stuff around habit forming. I think his website is, um, yeah, atomichabits.com. I think you mentioned a link around Bar- Barbara Shah, was it? Barbara Shah, so S-H-E-R. Yep. Um, we're talking a bit about rituals yeah, as well. Um, building those rituals, building those routines, making it so that you don't have to consciously think, I need to do this, I need to do this. We suck at doing things that we have to consciously think about. No one wants to stand up go to the gym do this but if you can give yourself the reason why and make that a habit of i'm only going there for five minutes i can do that then that starts to become easier over time and do check-ins ask each other how are you feeling all the way this is really good simple i think it's one of those simple habits that can really make a difference in in the day-to-day video calls. We also had this kind of parenthesis of kind of compassion for all the people that work from home in kind of busy environments, because as you said, working from home is different than working during a pandemic. Hello, Aidan. Hello, Damiano. How's it going? Good morning. Very good. Well, it's a very hot day, but you know, it's one of those hot days that make you feel kind of energized because you know Ooh. after the bad weather last week this week we can celebrate sweating profusely thank god we're <laughs> home <laughs> and nobody has to endure this besides myself how uh, are excellent. you doing um yeah we we haven't quite got the sun i can't i can't use the same photosynthesis energy sun powered <laughs> uh, um excuses as you as you can um, it's not really an excuse at all it's a wonderful thing to be out in the sun but um now I'm looking out at some some very grey clouds, and I, it's grey but a little bit warm, and I think that kind of describes how my how my week's been. You know, I've, I've had some some bits of sunny productivity flow right. coming through where I've been like, yeah, woo, okay, getting that little bit of energy, okay, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. But there have definitely been some parts where I've noticed, you know, I'll oh, okay, I'll, I'm I'm in I'm in my workroom here doing stuff and trying to do stuff and. Okay, well, I'm going to go get a drink of water from from the kitchen. So I'll go over there, you know, hydration's key, get some water. Well, I'm in the lounge now. I may as well just sit on the sofa, you know, just to sit and stretch my legs out a bit. You know, I've been cooped up, hunched over a desk. Yeah. Um, 
well, I may as well just pop something on the TV now, just for five minutes. You know, it's close to lunchtime. I, I need a little bit of a break. Um, yeah, I'll just watch it for, for five minutes. Yeah, let's watch this. Uh, there's a great Brené Brown TED Talk on the power of vulnerability. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch yeah. that. It's really great. You know, I've watched that before. That's really relevant to a, to a workshop I'm doing later this week. Two hours later... I, Top 10 unexplained ocean mysteries. <laughs> How did this happen? And I'm just sitting there going, I need to stop doing this. I, I have yeah. to go back in there and do the things. But I just, I'm not moving. And I'm going to myself, Aiden, you've got to move. You, you're going to have to, you have to go and do the things. The legs aren't moving and the head's going, ooh, I wonder what's, uh, I wonder what's happening in, a, in the bottom of the Mariana's Trench though right exactly. now. Exactly. How many mystical sea creatures are still to be discovered? Exactly. Let's check out this documentary out because, I mean, we can't miss it, right? Oh, exactly. So I that, know exactly what you mean. Week. And so do you feel that after, like, do you still feel you were able to be productive in a certain way? Or do you feel that there was some guilt maybe in those moments? Yeah, so so the guilt is definitely there. And even, even when I do manage to break that cycle and go, okay, cool. You know, awareness of your thoughts is step one of it. If you're not aware of it, if I'm just sitting there blissfully, like smiling, going, this is fine. I've got nothing else to do. Yeah. Uh, that's that blissful ignorance. The first step is, you know, being aware of the fact that you're distracted. The second step is actually going, okay, I recognize this. I recognize that my brain is going, we need distraction because we need dopamine, right? We Give us, give us serotonin right now, plus recognizing that you know it's okay we don't have to constantly be chasing that instant gratification that's a, a whole big big uh, problem for me i'll say with with adhd is it's it's quite difficult to break that but what i'm trying to work on at the moment is after realizing i've been distracted and going back into work is actually being able to do that work without ruminating on what i've just done right actually right. stopping and going Yes, you got distracted. You can't change that. That's already happened. What you can change is you can do some work now. Instead, I'll be working yeah. going, oh, if I came back an hour earlier, this would be so much easier. I'd have so much more time to do this. I wouldn't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which just isn't because helping. You're dragging the guilt with you right forward. Exactly. Exactly. Rather than living in the past. Yeah. And so that's it. That, I've been very much on an instant gratification. There's another time. Oh, I've gone straight into a big monologue here, Damiano. Welcome to being my uh, <laughs> we- <laughs> involuntary therapist. <laughs> which is actually the perfect introduction for today's topic, which is working from home, right? And the very interesting thing that I also wanted to say, first of all, is thank you to all the listeners. And thank you for the people that wrote to us, because actually the inspiration for this next episode, this was not planned as the second episode, but a few people asked us to talk about working from home because it's such an important, such a relevant and actual thing that we have to deal with. And you gave, I think, probably the best breakdown possible, right, of what a lot of people are going through. So I think there are, in my mind, right, when I think of working from home, there are two macro categories and Mm -hmm. I would love to hear what you think. I see this ever since we started working from home that the space is the same, right? Mm. It's our homes, but then there is the personal sphere or the personal time. And then there is the work time. And frankly, because of lockdown, I think both these spheres of our lives have been affected. Mine has for sure, right? So something changed in both of these directions. Um, Has it been the same for you? Have you felt that everything merged into a twirl of 
one thing or how do you feel yeah, about this? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's it's been a trend that's been going on for, for many, many years is the kind of blurring of the lines. If you go back a long time ago to, you know, your industrial revolution times, when it's mainly factory work you're doing, you are at home, you're at home, cool. You go to the factory, you work for, I think, 12 hours a day was roughly the norm there. You work there, but as soon as you step out the factory, you're done for the day. You can't, like, take bits of an assembly line back with you and go, <laughs> don't mind me, just going to manufacture some car doors in the bedroom. You can't do that. But now you can answer emails when you're supposed to be making food in the morning. You can yeah. um, check on whatever instant messaging platform you use in your teams when you're supposed to be spending time with your family at dinner. And, you know, that, that happens when we're still going into the office. Yeah. And now when you haven't got that natural transition where you might go, okay, wake up in the morning, get ready, do whatever, get on a train, car, bike, bus into the office, that is giving your brain a cue of we are going into work right now. We yeah. are getting ourselves ready. We're having that change in environment to go into a workplace and vice versa. When you're leaving, you can kind of mentally refresh, go, okay, I'm on my way back home. You may still be thinking, oh, I need to do the dishes. I need to wash my clothes. I need to do this. But you can start to compartmentalize and leave work behind. Yeah, yeah. And at the moment, that ain't happening as much, it's is it? difficult. And would you say, so overall, right, do you find that working from home suits you? Or is that more challenging for you than going to the office? It does not suit me at all. It's, uh, that is super interesting. That is, yeah. You know why? Because I, we, of course, we didn't prepare the episode beforehand. Well, just a few notes, but I actually really, really enjoy working from home. So I think it's very interesting because we have the, the two, uh, you know, sides of the story, I guess, yeah. today to talk about. Fantastic. I'm oh, actually exciting. really excited. <laughs> yeah. So, so there, are, there are definitely pros and cons to it. But in my home, it, it, it was, there was no real work association there. So when we first switched to lockdown, I, I've, I've moved flat now, but before I had a room, which I shared with some wonderful housemates. I had my bed at the foot of my bed. I had about an inch or two. Then I had my chair and my desk. And the desk, yeah. And that was the desk where I did my work. Which so I think most people can really sympathize with that. Right? Yeah, I, I doubt I'm alone there in terms uh, yeah, of... Yeah, because I mean, I think some people, I'm thinking our colleagues that live like in Paris, for example, where the usual, you know, square meters in a house is maybe like 30 or 40 square meters sometimes, like yeah. a studio apartment. It's really hard to fit a desk in, Absolutely. you know. So I completely understand that's, that's a big challenge, yes. Yeah, so... So it, it can be very difficult. So luckily, I've now moved uh, moved flat. Um, I now have a separate area for my desk, which is great. It means I can compartmentalize everything in here. It's still not the, you know, the magical. Oh, I go in here, and all of a sudden, a wave of wonderful productivity washes <laughs> over me, and I go into it's a state my of flow of work. Yeah, ten <laughs> hours. I'm just typing, and words are flying out. And yeah, it's it's not a Disney moment like that. But that change in environment <laughs> does help. And I recognize that, like you say, a, a lot of people, say people in New York, London, Paris, different places of the world, you're going to have less room. You're going to have less square yeah. footage and space to yourself. So we can't always change the physical environment, but we can change some of the cues. And I've been doing a lot of uh, reading around habits recently. 
uh, mainly for personal reasons, because I love reading a good book or two, um, and I mm-hmm. think to procrastinate. A great way to visualize how habits work, so is the four-stage model by Charles Duhigg. You have four stages, which is your cue, craving, response, and reward. And that covers basically everything we do as human beings. So that cue is the thing that you see, the thing that prompts your brain to think, I see the chocolate bar. I'm like, ooh, chocolate bar. Brain goes, sugar. Sugar is good. We need sugar to survive. Sugar is lots of energy. Good. Right. So stage number one is the cue. You receive the the cue cue and your brain perceives it. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. The craving is then, okay, I'm aware of the thing. Your brain goes, eat the thing, eat the thing. We got to eat the thing. We got to eat the thing to survive. Got to eat the chocolate bar. That's the craving. Right, right. Our, our responses, you know, what we actually do then when we're actually going into the process of picking it up, unwrapping it, and then eating it. The uh-huh. reward is what we get afterwards, whether it's a chemical reward. So brain goes, good job, buddy, well you ate you sugar. <laughs> Here you go. Here's your, uh, your happy chemicals in exchange. Yeah. And that's how everything we do works, really. You can break it down into exercising. Your, your cue might be... You know, if you wanted to do more exercising, you make those cues visible. So um, I I have my yoga mat in the middle of the lounge. So I have to walk over and turn the alarm off. So I have to physically walk onto the mat. So the cue is, okay, it's there. I need I to do that. I see the yoga mat. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The, craving, um, <laughs> the craving. The craving. Maybe it's not that present early in the morning, right? You're like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm literally just like wandering through, bouncing off of walls. The but craving. How would that work when you, like, if you manage to build a, a habit, right, of me I'm doing yoga in the morning, mm-hmm. what would the craving be? Is the habit that creates the craving or is like a self-induced craving, even though I don't actually crave it? So, so it ends up going into a bit of a positive cycle. So for that, for that cue, you want to you wanna make it obvious. You can't miss it. It's a bright blue yoga mat in the middle. The second way to that craving is you need to try and find ways so, so you can do this for good habits and bad habits. For trying to build a positive habit, you need to find ways to make it attractive. You need to find ways to make yourself want to do the yoga. So mm-hmm. for me, um, you know, I recognize that I want to do yoga because I spend a lot of time sitting down and my back hurts. I am happy when my back doesn't hurt. I'm happy when I, you know, I know at the end of doing a yoga session, even if it's only five minutes, I, I feel a bit more awake. I feel blood going around my body. Um, when we exercise our, our body, our brain releases endorphins and, you know, that's good. I recognize that that's good. Not so much instant gratification. If I check my phone instead, which happens sometimes quite often, I'm going, oh, well, I could just swipe through Facebook or Instagram or wherever and I'll also Endlessly. get that endorphin hit. <laughs> exactly. But the long-term effect is I'll get that, oh, endorphin hit, but then afterwards again, oh, I feel bad now because I spent half an hour on that. Yeah. So you need to find ways to make those habits attractive. So focus on the why am I doing this long term? Third bit around yeah. Third bit around that, and I realize I'm waffling here, so I'll shorten it down. Third bit is the response. So I see the yoga mat, I know that doing yoga is good. Now I actually have to do it. So here you want to reduce friction, reduce the amount of steps that are involved for doing it. So I'll I'll have my yoga stuff on the mat. I've got some super funky bamboo leggings for my eczema because they, again, I'm like, when I'm wearing that, I get into the mindset of, oh, I'm going to do some yoga. So I'll put them on the mat the day before. So I don't have to go, oh, well, now I have to walk into the other room. I have to get changed. I'll have a glass of water there as well. I've got TV remote. 
click power on on that and i've connected youtube up to it so the day before yoga with adrian fantastic channel will already be on there so all uh-huh. i have to do is walk in there click the button on put the clothes on that are already there and i'm ready to go so i've reduced right. those barriers and then the final bit is is that reward so actually making it satisfying is you know make it enjoyable so give yourself a reward tie it to something else that you enjoy say after i do my yoga i reward myself with a lovely sugary filled cereal and i'll go i get that after i do the yoga or i note down on a piece of paper somewhere a big tick for i did yoga today um so habit trackers have really helped me how do we get onto this point damiano i think we started to talk about working from home and, yes, and we then did. you were starting to talk about the i think the the theme underneath here is a bit the rituality right so how and which i think is super important about working from home in general in lives we are creature of habit but mm. i think this is a good example of you setting your routines and it's interesting because you know I, i've read many times this idea of you know if you prepare your running shoes on top of like in front of your bed when you wake up you will you know just go it never ever worked for me this thing i i just do not click and sometimes i think i'm outsmarting myself you know because i know that i'm trying to cheat my yeah. own decision making process and so my subconscious mind goes like <laughs> i will remember that you're trying to fool me and yeah. i will hijack this immediately <laughs> It's like a game so, of chess against yourself. You're like, absolutely. I'm going to trick this person, but you already know the... That you're tricking yourself in the future, basically. So I actually, the, the reason a system that I found that works for me, it's very inconsistent, but that's the mm-hmm. magic. Um, okay. It comes from an author that I really love, uh, Barbara Sher, mm-hmm. um, who wrote a phenomenal book that is called I Will Do Anything If I Knew What It Was. Nice. And that is the book that literally kick-started my, my journey abroad, right? That's what kind of got me to leave Italy, take the mm-hmm. courage to move to Ireland without a job back then, because she she's a wonderful kind of life coach, I yeah, quote-unquote, yeah. right? But she's not that kind of, you know, everything is positive and everything is amazing. And they do. Yeah. She's a very practical person. And what she says, there is a, um, a video on YouTube that maybe we can link in the show notes, 100%. where she basically says inconsistency is the key because if you think your odds you know of getting or surviving because that's the the natural game that our body's trying to do right so Mm -hmm. the whole reward mechanism from a chemical perspective of exercising is very low because there is no threat that we're actually running away from right while eating you know our body is trained to say well I should eat more because maybe winter comes and I don't have any food. So -hmm. what she says is that being inconsistent in your habits, even the healthiest, is a very good way to actually square the odds in your favor. Because, you know, you take vitamins some days, some you don't, and then you exercise a couple of days and then you don't. And you created this sort of pattern that is statistically uh, inconsistent, but still in your favor. So what I do normally, like the the yoga exercise, I, I do like doing yoga. I hate mm-hmm. starting to do yoga, if that's that makes it. sense. It's always right? the start that's the difficult bit. Right? Yeah. I bought a pull-up bar to teach myself how to do pull-ups without throwing up my, my yeah, whole yeah. internal organs. Yeah, I've got and, one uh, of them in the wardrobe. Exactly. I'm used. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, that's how it works. And uh, what happened is that and instead of saying, today I will do three pull-ups, what I try to do is every time I walk past the corridor and I see it, if I feel of doing one pull-ups, I do one pull-ups randomly. 
It doesn't have to be three sets of 15 pull-ups in, you know, three seconds repetition. It has to be this one pull-up. If I see randomly the yoga mat or even if I don't, and I just feel going in downward dog because I want to stretch my back, mm-hmm. I don't do like the full salute to the sun, you know, for like 20 minutes and then yeah, I go to, yeah. you know, I just do downward dog for five breaths, end of my yoga session. And what I found is that mentally, this really helps me because it gives me the, or it removes the barrier of starting. Does it make mm. sense? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, so you you are like so close to touching on something that um james clear talks about in atomic habits which is it's that you're what you're doing there is you're making it easy which helps our response part to the habit building is you're not saying to yourself every day i will do an hour of of running and i will become a super ultra marathon runner by the end of the year which is what i tried doing and i what I did was I completed a marathon and I completed having a completely busted knee now, which is wow. uh, not great. Double achievement. Yeah, one <laughs> of them is definitely more painful than the other. But what instead <laughs> I should have done was gone for that little and often. So now the way I do it is, so I've got a habit that I try and do, which is 10 push-ups every day. I know that if I went, right. you know, oh, if I do 50 every day, you know, you can do those push-up challenges and 30-day challenge, you'll look like this. You can, you can have muscles on your muscles. You'll have muscles on your eyeballs. You'll be <laughs> super jacked. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't work. You do it for a day, you're like, oh, that was exhausting, never again. But if you say... Pizza, please. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> if you say, I'm going to do one push-up a day and you've got somewhere to do that push-up, that's easy. Even I can't come up with an excuse to not do that. You know, I could come up with all sorts of like, I need to do this, 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 this. And like you say, if I'm the one that's trying to trick myself into doing something, I know that I'm the one doing the trick. That it will happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. But I can do one push up. I can, even if my stomach feels bad or I've just eaten food. So, oh, well, I shouldn't eat, shouldn't exercise just after doing food. I'll get indigestion or, oh, I'm really tired. I can do one push up. One push up. Yeah. And once you've done one push up, you're like, well, I'm already in this push-up position. I may as well do one or two more. Let your baseline of success be really low. So or the, the two-minute rule, I think they call it, where if it's for bigger things, just say you have to do two minutes of something and that's a success. Everything else is a bonus. And I'm thinking now to, to kind of go back to the working from home kind of original topic. Yeah. Um, because there are so many things to that belong to working from home, of course. In your experience, what is the most common difficulty that people have shared with you that maybe it's worth talking about or worth highlighting yeah so one of the main bits for me is it, it is still that environment and i remembered where i was going with this before i went on the wild habit <laughs> tangent something i'm prone to do is finding ways to actually change that environment so little things like playing a specific song or playlist like lo-fi hip-hop beats to relax slash study to or binaural beats is something that i've recently been researching and trying which is just kind of a like yeah and it's something which can kind of prime your brain you associate that with work um or something like colored light bulbs so when you have the green light bulb on you're on work mode when you have the red light bulb on, you're on distraction mode and that's okay. Someone did recently reach out to me saying it's very easy to get distracted. It's yep. very easy to constantly context switch. You know, that's something that we often associate by uh, uh, with being in an office with people. You know, I'm 
hard at work writing a uh, writing up a presentation that I'm going to do, and someone just comes on and like just taps me on the shoulder and is like, "Hey, have you got a minute?" And yeah. all of that wonderful stuff, that stories, those mental models that I'd built up in my head, just is away. gone. Um, on average, <laughs> gone. it takes yeah. On average, it takes at least twenty minutes. Yeah. To recover that kind of focus mode, right? Had. Yeah. So, but that actually happens a lot more when we're here on our own because, firstly, we're usually filled with distractions. You know, you may use your phone for for work purposes. But if you've got it right next to you on the desk and you're halfway through, I don't know, an Excel spreadsheet and you're like, oh, oh I don't really know what to do here. Uh, oh, the notification Instagram. light on my phone's flashing. I'll just check <laughs> this for a minute, an hour later. So getting rid of those distractions is one. Recognizing when there's when you're not getting into that state of flow is another i think accountability is something that's key when when you mentioned earlier that you you know you're struggling to get into some things for for me something i've done that's worked quite well is reaching out to people and saying say at the beginning of the week these are my intentions for the week this is what i want to get done by friday and i'll write that down like a buddy system absolutely having that buddy system saying this is what i want to get done by the end of the week and if I don't get it done, attaching something of significance to that accountability conversation. So right. I think someone said, I am going to publish a book by the end of the year. If not, I will donate £500 to, it was something to like a neo-Nazi rally. And, you know, All right. obviously they were staunchly opposed to that. They did not want to support this, this, I'm not whatever, yeah, the an organization. Or association. Um, they really didn't want to do that. But they had the check written out, they had it all done there, and they said to some to a friend, if I haven't done this by this date, please post this letter. And they said, wow. okay, I will do that. And that gives them the motivation of it's not just, you know, trying to do it for yourself. It's if I don't do this, something I don't want to happen is going to happen. Right, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't necessarily have to go to that extreme, but something like, oh, hey, hey, Tom, if, if I haven't done... Uh, if I haven't done this presentation by the end of the week, uh, the next week's worth of calls, I will join wearing rival football team's shirt. And I don't right, want to yeah, do yeah. that. And it gives <laughs> you that extra bit of encouragement to do it. That's good. And it actually, it's a very good excuse, I think, to, well, to to connect to people, right? Because that's another mm. thing that working from home, it's easy maybe to glide across. I don't know if it happened to you, but I have the feeling sometimes that because we have so many meetings, too mm. many meetings, I will say this, oh, I do believe yes. we have way too many meetings, not all of them are necessary. 100%. But it's very difficult, I think, to find the time to to talk to people, right? Because mm. you go into a meeting where it's like, okay, today's the agenda is this and this and this, fantastic, let's talk about point one, point two, point three. Oh, you have 10 minutes back, ciao. And everybody is craving, you know, the 10 minutes back because, God, I need to run to the supermarket to buy lunch because I don't have anything to eat, right? Yeah. I find it's very difficult to have the discipline to actually make time for the conversations, like the normal conversation with people, which are still part of the the team spirit, but also ourselves as colleagues. Absolutely. 
I've tried to start booking a bit of time with a few people just for like chatting, really. So there is no agenda. It's just like, okay, I, I would just like to talk to you about how are you doing? And um, I don't know, the last song that I've heard yesterday, which I think nice. you may like as well, right? Yeah. And um, I think it's a very good exercise. And it feels awkward at first, but it feels awkward in that way that something new and slightly maybe taboo yeah, yeah. feels, right? Yeah. But it, I think it's a very positive thing. Do you do you do that sometimes with your friends or colleagues? Yeah, so so I don't I haven't booked time specifically because for me I'm I'm very aware of video call fatigue, but something that I try yeah. to bring in is check-ins at the beginning of calls, which is where we are almost bringing that human element back to back to our work lives yeah. rather than being in that hour to hour meeting okay so today we're going to talk about the numbers and the q4 results and then we're going to do this oftentimes it's just one person talking that's not a meeting that's a status report or a monologue i like yeah. to bring in a check-in at the beginning if there's a small group of people i'll do it by talking if not i'll encourage people to put answers in the chat which is how are you doing today how are you really doing what did you have for dinner last night or what was a great song you listened to? What have you recently watched on TV? What book or podcast have you read recently? Someone told me about this podcast called Brainstorm. It's pretty cool. You should check Sounds it out. Sounds great. Oh my yeah. goodness. Everybody should listen to it. What is the name again, Aiden? Uh, that's Brainstorm, the podcast is. Checking in is is really quite quite powerful because not only does it actually give everyone a chance to talk, but it gives you a chance to be human and to connect with each other. And the amount of times that I'll do it one at a time and say, oh, just say, uh, answer those questions, and then say who you want to go next. The amount of times someone will say, oh, yeah, so I'm all right today. I, I went for a morning bike ride, you know, I went for like a, an hour long mountain bike ride. And then someone else in the team's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize you rode bikes. I, I like that too. It's a great way of getting those little connections, little things that yeah. you don't really have a chance to do otherwise. As well as that, I always encourage meetings that finish 15 minutes early because yeah, absolutely. people need time to get a drink of water. People need time to to pop to loo, to make food, to, to do anything, or just to sit there and go, have a little yep. breath before jumping into another call. Um, so those are the two bits that I find help to help to bring people together and stop us from being burned out from all these meetings. Love that. And I think being the voice in the meeting that actually brings that, because as we said in the last episode, it's very easy sometimes to just glide over the questions, right? And be like, yeah, I'm fine. Okay, okay, well, fantastic. Mm, mm. But instead, you know, to be the person that kind of breaks, it's a bit yeah. of a habit. The other thing that I was thinking about, I realized that a lot of the colleagues that do have, you know, children, pets, uh, maybe they live with other people, maybe they have their parents. There are so many things in a home, especially, you know, you know when kids were starting from home as well, because everything was closed down. Mm. It's so difficult. And I, I had so much respect for parents uh, working from home to, to be able to manage, you know, the house. And then especially if you have young children, you can't just say, well, see you in an hours, darling. Bye bye. Yeah. You know, they, they see you at home, they come and talk to you. And I can really understand as well, for as much as we love our children, and as much as of course, we want to be part of the day. But what you're saying before, it's very hard to get into the flow of work, mm. right? So if you're trying to do something, it's very easy, I think, to, to be distracted and to be able to keep that balance where you say, I want to be a good parent, I want to be a good colleague, I want to be a good husband, wife, whatever. Mm. 
in a home environment where you are in a lockdown system where you have to manage all of these things at once, it can be extremely challenging. So mm. I don't really have an answer thing to this, but I do want to acknowledge this because I find that this is one of the silent challenges that yeah. we don't talk very much, yeah. but I see on a daily basis and I'm really blown away by how good people are holding together. And also I understand it's stressful and I think it's, okay to talk about this right we don't have to be constantly saying like no no no, it's fine yeah no I, you know there are so many articles out there that that still go along the lines of learn this one trick and you'll be the most productive you can be or oh, if, you're, <laughs> if you're not using this time in lockdown to learn new skills you're a failure Ugh, you should feel bad like no we're in the middle of a pandemic it's it's okay to not be doing your best, as we say, it's okay to not be okay. We need to, like you say, it, it's something we should talk about and encourage people. Absolutely. That if and you... it's written nowhere that we have to learn how to bake sourdough bread oh, because no. it's, you know, it's only like whatever. I mean, yeah. I'm happy to. <laughs> oh, I tried baking some brownies the other day. These brownies, I'm just going to use it as a permanent doorstop. So, Aidan. I thank you very, very much, as usual. Um, thank you. I'm already looking forward to the next episode, of course. Oh, and we'd love to hear your thoughts. Your want to hear some ideas for what helps you work best during during please, a, please, please during lockdown. And if you've got any ideas for future episodes, we've got lots of ideas already, lots of notes. But if you want to hear something sooner or have great tips yourself, we'd love to hear them. Um, apart from that, again, thank you so much, Damiano. Absolutely, and we'll talk to everybody the next time. Chat to you soon. Remember, it's okay not to not be to okay. Be okay. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye.